Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 21st of March 2013. For newcomers, I hope you can um, make use of the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. There's lots of information for downloading, lots of information to lead you through the system that you're living in to, to tell you what it is. Most folk have a suspicion there's something else going on, of course, but they don't, they're, not, they're trained not to really question it any further. The media doesn't help you either because it's all part of the, the system. And I go through the history as they go through. The big boys got together over 100 years ago to plan a, a new world order, an orderly world order, under their orders, naturally. And it would be decided that um, all the big decisions would be created by the guys at the top, uh, scientists, those in academia, and uh, all working for the big international economists and bankers that run the whole world, because everything runs on finances, you see. So they decided a long time ago, rather than leave it to the different classes of people, right down to the bottom, to make their own decisions, what they want to do with their lives and so on, they'd bring in a planned society, uh, they'd reduce the populations, uh, or they'd increase it in, in, in times of war and decrease it in times of overproduction and so on. This is all part of the big planning. Lots of books were churned out at the time about it under the guise of socialism. But it's really all to do with this, the world order you're living through today. And you're going through the big, big changes that were planned an awful long time ago, just like a big business plan. Business plans can go for 50 to 100 years. Same with the foundations. They can go for 100 and 150, 200 years to get their agenda through. They're private and uh, they run the world, basically. So you're going through it now. So help yourself the website, as I say. And number two, you can also help me take along here by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, you can always use personal checks to send to me. Or you can, you can uh, use PayPal. You can send in cash. And donations are really, really, really appreciated. International postal money orders, too, are only acceptable from the U.S. to Canada in this day and age. And uh, across the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal once again. And straight donations, as I say, are awfully welcome because, as I say, things are awfully expensive, if you know, because we're going through austerity, as they call it, which is training you all to, to live in a post-consumerist society. Uh, again, an idea, not just tossed around, but heavily debated a hundred odd years ago to bring in this, this system you're going into today. And inflation, of course, works hand in, in glove with the whole thing because those who run the money run the, the world. It's very, very simple. And most folk don't even know how money is even created. Uh, never mind the interest rates and so on that you cannot get out of when it's compound interest and all that. And uh, the big agencies took care of that a long, long time ago. When they gave you something called democracy for the Western countries, they tried the same thing in other countries with different names and so on. But ultimately, it's the same system with the same people running the world because everything revolves around economics. Everything. 
And the wars are all economic wars too, as they've standardized the last few countries that don't have central banks belonging to the private uh, central banking group that's under the Bank for International Settlements in Switzerland. And once they're bombed into um, the Stone Age, then they're given loans by the International Monetary Fund, private organization, and the World Bank, private organization, and they're also uh, run by the Bank for International Settlements, private organization. That's the real system that you live in. So how can you have democracy and any kind of freedom when there really are private organizations so secretive too and what they do uh, that run your lives? They can raise a country up or collapse it overnight. Very simple, by, by shifting vast amounts of money around the world. And they do that. And they've been doing it recently again, of course. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. We're back cutting through the matrix, talking about the big system. And the big system is all pervasive. It's all there is, in fact, because it covers everything and every angle of everything, too. It's your whole existence because you're, you're born into it. You're programmed into it. Your parents program you into it because they don't know what's going on. They think they do because they think they're sane. And everyone thinks they're sane because you're born into a system that already exists. Everything in it must be normal, right? That's how you, how simple it is. And then when you go to school, you're, you're, you get the reinforcement of uh, the system again. You're taught not to do your own reasoning. And you're actually, except for the higher schools, of course, and where they turn out the world leaders, but the rest of them, uh, people get uh, dumbed down, in fact. And there's lots of books out there on dumbing down of America, Char- Charlotte Isabrie and so on. And uh, John uh, Gatto is another guy who puts a, a good book up to, to do with the dumbing down process and how deliberate it is. And they have lots of information to back up their, their claims and so on from big players in the educational field. So this has happened across the world at the same time to bring in the societies that would be more obedient, actually disinterested in what's happening in the world around them, even in their own world around them, until it hits them personally. Then, of course, they're howling. But uh, most folk today are detached. And then the big, big players that were put in to, to, to work together in huge think tanks, international think tanks, the Bertrand Russells of the world, and before him, even H.G. Wells of the world, and the Huxleys and all the rest of them, turned out lots of information which you have to understand and read to, to get the, the picture of, of what's really happening in the world. Because these guys, with the big groups that they set up back in the 40s and 30s, 40s and 50s, 60s, and, and all going to day two with new names. In fact, some of them changed their names, these organizations, because they were too well known. But they still exist today. They're different guises. And they planned the whole future, including the various revolutions, which are cultural revolutions, the feminist revolution, the sexual revolution, all this kind of stuff, all the hippie era, even the music revolution. That was all planned, too, by Adorno and the, the Frankfurt School and other people who were brought in to take over American culture, which would eventually be copied by other cultures across the world, which it was very quickly. So you're living through a planned reality, you might say. Very, very, very much so. It was planned. And they wanted to, to destroy the family units. It wasn't just the communists because they all worked together at the top. And that's, that's true because Carl Quigley talked about it. He said that he was the historian for the Royal Institute for International Affairs, private organization, worldwide organization that does put lots of members into government every year. All governments, by the way, across the world. 
And they have, they have different names again. It comes from foreign relations for the American branch. And they've been running the system for an awful long time. And they themselves uh, talked, they, 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 he said himself, as a historian for the Council on Foreign Relations for America, he said, he said um, that they'd have to go along with all the same plans, of course, because it worked together, the communists, the capitalists, and all the rest of it. And by capitalist, I mean the money system of private banking at the top central banks, and uh, with the big secrecy of how it's even made, and who the big shareholders are. And also, the, he said, would have to bring down the populations, etc., etc. They, they really worked hard and heavy on reducing populations. And I think, personally, from my own investigations, they've been doing it for an awful long time. You don't know it. Why? Why do you think sterilization is going up by itself? It's not going to do it by itself. Things don't happen by itself. But the Western world has, has actually got a massive decrease in sperm of even young men today. So... And that's well, again, uh, it's well studied too. So we're going through a big, big system that literally runs our lives for us. And quickly, again, being the historian for the Council of Foreign Nation, also said, it says we don't care who joins us. We've got communists, we've got uh, far right, we've got everything in it, even dictators in the Council of Foreign Relations, Relationship of International Affairs across the world. Although in this day and age, of course, they're getting rid of the dictators. They're actually turning on some of their own because they set up the United Nations, the same organization, and they said in their charter that uh, they, when people were elected into office in any country, the NATO and all those countries would not go in and unseat them while they've broken every law that they made, you see. So you're living through a, a system, as I say, planned well in advance. They got all the initial guys in it, on it in the United Nations, and now it's time to mop up the world, to standardize the last few countries into what they call democracy which is, again, the same system of a private central bank. Uh, and remember, every prime minister and president has to go to the private central bank every year with cap in hand to ask for more money. So you tell me who runs the country. It's very simple, isn't it? So you're living through the, the transition. This is called the Great Transition. This is the age, uh, the century of change as well. That they talked about bringing in, and you see those terms all over the place now. They're replacing your, your um, income now, and your spending power, and spare spending power, the extras, uh, into wellness. As long as you feel well about things, it doesn't matter how poor you are. I mentioned that last night too, it was International Wellness Day. Like, just switch, switch yourself on and be happy for a day, sort of thing. Utter, utter nonsense. But understand neuroscientists, behaviorists are behind all this stuff, and it actually works in a lot of people. A lot of people actually take this stuff and say, oh, that's nice. And, uh, and away they go. They switch themselves into be happy mode for a day. So we're, we're run by experts and all, all facets of experts, all kinds of experts and, and all specialists. And the people still don't get it. And I remember, too, when uh, Aldous Huxley talked at Berkeley back in the 60s. And you'll find the audio up in my archive section at cuttingthroughbreaks.com. But he talks about people being made to love their servitude. And people today pretty well have been, uh, whatever was in them that was wild and free has been destroyed for most folk. And they can love their servitude. They take it for granted there are special people running, running the big problems of the world above them. They don't know that these people above them actually create the problems of the world. And so they've been taught too to be egocentric and egocentric and Again, Bertrand Russell, the guy who worked with international organizations to set up this present period, uh, and, and still more to come, and yet he's dead, he's gone. Um, 
he said that will make them egocentric and, and, and will, will make them narcissistic until they have no time for anybody in the world except themselves. That's what has already happened. Now, when you do that, there's no cohesion, there's no collective cohesion for defense for the people at all. It's all broken down. And then government truly is in charge. If you want to find out more on that, go way back to the days of H.G. Wells, the propagandist who talked about all this system. He was a propagandist for it in its early phases under the name of the, the Milner Society. They became the Royal Institute of International Affairs. And he talked about that. Eventually, government will achieve its goal when it can talk down to the individual with no one, no spouse, no relatives, no one, not, not even neighbors standing up in their defense to help them. That's where you've gone. Right down to the computers this stage, where governments now, uh, not only watching everything you do, they've admitted, and I'll mention that per link up tonight too, where all the agencies, they have the private agencies now have access to everything, your bank accounts, you name it, they have the whole lot there now. And there's no murmur from the general population as usual. In fact, when there's a murmur from the population, it's because there's an organization already set up in a particular area, whatever it happens to be, that stands up immediately and, and speaks supposedly for you, but they don't really. All they, all they say is, oh dear, dear, that's bad, stop it, please. It doesn't stop anything, as you well know. It stops you from doing anything more about it and pushing yourself to stop it. So you're living in a completely controlled society. Now, part of it, too, is to get rid of, uh, in a post-consumer society, is to, to, to inflate the currency until it's worthless, basically. And you would pay pretty well all that you earn or bring in to pay your basic rents or mortgage. And the mortgage, too, eventually will go under as they go through the great transition into no private property, except for the, for the big, like, chain chain property owners throughout the cities that you already have across Britain and the States and elsewhere in the major cities. And no private vehicles except for emergency vehicles and vital vehicles only. That's all part of Agenda 21. Also attached to the Millennium Project. And you would read both of them because they're, they're both assembly. And um, it's being implemented big time. So all your spare cash will go to pay for beer essentials. Beer essentials for pure survival. Foods, shelter, clothing, heat and so on. That's where, That's already happening now. And I'll tell you one thing, when you study all this stuff for years, you'll find out that they never change their mind on anything. And that's why you can take, it's the only thing that you can take to the bank, some kind of bank anyway, because they never change their minds. And if you think they've ever backed down on something, don't believe it. They'll bring it through in some omnibus bill in some altered name and ram it through anyway. That's how things have always been. So it's always been. Now, part of it, too, is the climate change nonsense. And you remember right now, there's a whole bunch of international summits going on to do with sustainable development. That's why there's so many articles in the newspapers amongst all the trash, the rest of the trash in the papers, because the papers today now, honestly, even looking through them today, it was utter trivia on so-called mainstream papers across the world. Utter trivia. Rubbish. Been amongst that is that all the rest of the propaganda, like I say, this one here, for instance, is this funding shortfall and Germany's forced to cancel climate programs. And it's from the Spiegel Online. And they go on to bemoan the fact that Germany literally is cutting back all its sustainable development, alternative energy, renewable energy sources, and so on, all the cash, because they're broke, basically. And it, Spiegel's bemoaning it, basically. And... Um, 
the, the reason they give for it in here is because they'd hoped, all the governments have hoped, by the way, that, that this big con of carbon taxation, when carbon revenue is being, being uh, put up into the big giant carbon casino too, to accumulate more cash for the guys at the top. It's all fallen through. It's not working the way they wanted it to. And they'd put bets on it, basically, hoping that they would get about 20 euros or whatever a ton. And it's only about six forty-seven dollars a ton. That's how far it's got to so far, or even below. So they're, they're complaining because they've cut back on all their electric cars and all the stuff that doesn't work very well at all. And they're very expensive to maintain, to keep. And uh, never mind this, the charging time as well. Of course, there's energy coming from somewhere. It could be using other things, couldn't it? And the, their batteries don't last long. Nothing lasts long. And it's really meant, again, for very wealthy folk to live in the special cities they're setting up across the world. And uh, the rest of you would be crowded into the already overcrowded cities. We're touching on that tonight because I've got it, already got it in the newspapers. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the minutes talking about the, the, the big, big system, of course, and all the hullabaloo that's going on. Because, as I say, Germany is bemoaning the fact, at least their spiegelers, that they're cutting back on the, all their energy or renewable energy projects, or a lot of them anyway, because they can't afford it. And, uh, and, uh, and of course, it was supposed to be a, a beautiful utopia where everyone was getting forced off the road with carbon taxes and so on. It hasn't quite happened yet, you see, because the carbon prices and the big trading a casino up there hasn't really taken off very well at all, and they're all counting on it. So, but, but don't hold your breath. They'll bring it back in a bigger, bigger fashion, and, and they're already talking about it. They're, they're talking about what they call backloading. That's the term they're going to use for it to reduce the supply of um, of certificates that the government hands out to the big corporations to start the carbon taxes rolling. And they get free uh, tickets, of course, and start gambling amongst themselves. Before we are all forced to go into it, we don't get a choice. We don't get them for free either. But it's going to backload them to try to take some of the certificates away from the present supply to boost the prices. I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, even even with silly ideas like that and, and fantasy, they can even bring that into the same con as everything else with their with their accountants and their economists. It's just amazing. And also, too, we know that... Um, to say, uh, right now, the big conferences are going on that tie in with the last Rio conference, by the way. Again, all Sustainable Development Agenda 21 and all the rest of it in the Air Summit. It's all part and parcel of the same thing. It's all the same parcel, actually. But here's the kind of pablum that they chuck out there at this time of year. Actually, they admit it too, and I've gone through articles before, where they admit they give us scary scenarios. The top guys say that. We give them scary scenarios. Otherwise, we don't listen to them, you see. That's what they say. So they're back at it again, and this is says, um, the Pacific is to suffer the worst climate change impacts, once again. But apparently, by the way, a lot of the islands in the Pacific should have been sunk under the water with, with the sea rising about oh, 30 years ago. It hasn't happened yet, you know. This is the World, the world Bank. Again, this private organization you think is a World Bank there to loan cash out to, to high prices and so on to, to the poor folk of the world. Uh, here they are in, in the same business as, as sustainability and, and climate change. And you don't ask it why. How come? You know. 
But says the World Bank is urging the international community, that's some place off Mars, I think, to heed the plights of the Pacific Island countries and take action on climate change. The bank's vice president for sustainable development, right? Do you know that they've got a sustainable development manager, vice president and so on? And also the, does the IMF have one. So does the big central banks have them. They've tied everything together, you see, with eugenics and sustainable development, depopulation, all the rest of it. So it says, um, their sustainable development manager or, or director or whatever says, uh, Pacific nations will suffer higher sea level rise than other parts of the world. Nothing you back up, you see. It says the impact of climate change will threaten the very existence of some countries in the Pacific. Just keep repeating the same problem without telling you why. And Miss Kite, her name is Rachel Kite, it says, also warns Australia will see some of the most extreme droughts with summary temperatures of over 40 degrees becoming commonplace. Doesn't give you a timetable, even though, again, they've been soaked last year and year before and, and so on, and it hasn't really quite worked out that way. She's told Radio Australia, see, it doesn't matter what reality is, they just keep bringing back the same rubbish. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Told Radio Australia's Pacific beats a lack of action on climate change is undermining efforts by the World Bank to address global global poverty. Well, the World Bank's been here since about you know the 1920s, I think. And look at the state of the world; it's getting poorer all the time. And it says, imagine we've laid to the table ready for the economic and social solutions to ending poverty and building prosperity. Now, this is all part of, of the Millennium Project, and that this links in this article right to it. In fact, to the United Nations and Agenda 21. So understand, the whole climate change nonsense is nothing more than a, a camouflage, a complete camouflage to redistribute the wealth from you to the, the big bankers, not to the people that, that are going to be there to help. You understand? This is the con of it all. So I'll put this up tonight and you'll, you'll actually see uh, the, the rubbish that they're chucking out once again to us to, to say, oh my God, save us, save us. They're going to throw dollar bills in the sky to stop it all, you know, apparently. So they want smart agriculture. Now remember too, the Department of Agriculture of the United Nations said before, quite a, quite a lot of years ago, that farming cannot be left to farmers. They want corporate, big, international business farms only. That's already happening as they put all the farmers under across the world. And you have these big agribusinesses. Five agribusinesses run the world's food supply now. It's probably the same shareholders in the five of them too. So that's total control of your food supply. Remember what you need for survival, food, water, shelter, clothing, heat. Quite simple. But they're going to con you into giving everything up. See, they're very legalistic. You've got to do it legally, willingly. Remember what Sunstein said too, Cass Sunstein, the guy who was up there with Obama. I think he's left and I'm not quite sure. But he did. He loved neuroscience and he wasn't one himself, but he used a lot of their stuff. And he said that eventually, again, remember going back to that statement I made before where Huxley says the people could be trained to, to come and to love their servitude. Well, Sunstein said something very similar. He said, we can train the people. And I read the articles last year from him and they were end up in the newspapers across the world because they get instant access to all the media since they're brainwashing us. But he said, we can train the public to love paying taxes. They'll really want to pay taxes. Extra taxes. Well, this is what sustainability is all about. You don't you want to save the planet? You see? And I'll touch on this article that I'm going to read when I come back from this break as they go for the last of your protein. Back after this.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back. Cutting through the matrix. As I've mentioned before, too, that um, they take over the food supply. And in Canada, for instance, you don't know what you're eating anymore. Everything tastes the same. Put a blindfold on, you know, if it's chicken, beef, or what. You have no idea. That's how bad it is now. Junk they're selling you. And we already know they're putting different things in and calling it beef and all the rest of it, too, is broken out in the papers. And, but really, we don't know what we're eating anymore. And there's a lot of junk going in there. Everything's, re, what they call it, reconstituted or whatever they... It's kind of minced up together and, and, and chucked in there. Even even the roasts, two years ago, read the article in the air, the roasts that are sold in Canada and some like other countries are actually put together by the big meat companies across the, from across the world. All their cutoffs and they put them to, and they glue them together so well, it looks like a roast until you start cooking it and it tastes all weird. You're already in that, that phase. If you're just an average person, if you're pretty rich, you won't, you get access to really good stuff. And I mean access to it. It's a matter of buying it. You have to get access to it. But going for the fish too, as we know, with the salmon and so on, the GE salmon. And it isn't just salmon, by the way. They're into everything else, even freshwater fish too, across Canada. Have been for years. But it says here, a number of U.S. supermarket chains pledged Wednesday not to sell genetically modified salmon in a sign of growing public concern about engineered foods on the dinner table. And the Food and Drug Administration in the U.S. says it's in the final stage of deciding where to allow GM salmon onto the market. If approved, Aqua Bounty Technologies salmon would be the first genetically engineered animal to enter the food supply. And it was not the first at all, by the way. Uh, and, you know, if you want to call it an animal either, you know. But anyway, who's to complain about the newspapers? The company combined genes from two species of salmon with a, a putter eel to produce a fish, it says. It can bring to market twice as fast as conventional salmon. Well, it's just like the vegetables that you eat too. I mean, some of these vegetables that you're, you're buying, that you think look the same and all the rest of it, which they pretty well do, look very, very similar. Except for the crops that are left after you've, you've harvested them. Look at the, look at the corn, for instance. The, the tractors need special tires, the kind that the military uses, they don't get blown up easily because it tears them to shreds the stocks literally tear the tires to shreds, this new stuff never mind all the genes they put in it from all hundreds of species to make that one thing and remember too a lot of the guys who worked on the, on the genetics programs worked with the military for years before that working on ways to kill populations across the world in times of war so that's just making your food now you trust them? I don't I don't. No way at all. But anyway, says the GM salmon is the first and so on. And some 30 other species of genetically engineered fish under development, including tilapia. And it says, um, it says um, however, these plans could be blocked by Wednesday's commitment not to sell genetically engineered seafood from national grocery chains, including Trader Joe's and so on, Aldi and Whole Foods, as well as regional retailers. Between them, the chains control about 2,000 outlets, a fraction of supermarkets across the country. But campaigners said they represent a growing segment of the population that's concerned about GM food, and they're willing to pay higher prices for healthier foods. Now, in other words, they're paying higher prices. You're willing to pay it for healthier foods. You understand, even what you call organic is actually normal food. It was normal up until they brought in non-organic, the genetically modified. And now you're paying through the nose for the, for the, the normal food, if you can get a hold of it, that is, even. 
you, you, you get it in all directions, right? You bend down, you get it. If you turn over, you, you get it. That's as simple as that. That's the world, folks. Everything's a racket and a con. But anyway, it says, um, it goes on about the FDA and so on. Now, is the FDA really there to help the people and make sure that they're eating properly? If they were, they wouldn't be letting you eat all the junk you're already eating. I mean, your food today is literally a cesspit of dumps. It's this dumping pit, really, for the chemical industry and all the byproducts they, they throw out there. That they used to have to pay a lot of this stuff that was actually pretty lethal and they end up putting it in your food. It's just astonishing. I've, I've done lots of articles this in the past. It's astonishing what's been done and the public haven't a clue, most of them. And meanwhile, their body shape is changing. Everything's changing. They're being re-engineered. And, and of course, they've noticed that in medicine for, for an awful long time, at least since the early 60s, uh, that literally the physical appearance of both male and female is changing of humans. Quite something else. So I'll put that up tonight too. And also from Washington's blog, it says, Action alert, we have one week or less to stop the genetically engineered foods and destruction of the separation of powers. It says America has been decimated by the breakdown of the separation of powers between different branches of government. For example, executive branches negotiating the laws in secret and grabbing powers without telling Congress. It says on life and death, decisions about who the government labels as enemy combatants and, and assassinates are being kept away from the judges altogether. At the same time, government agencies like the FDA go to great lengths to cover up the potential health damage from genetically modified foods. And by God, they do. Because there's a lot of damage done. They know it. And to keep the consumer in the dark about what they're really eating. Remember, genetically engineered foods have been linked to obesity, cancer, liver failure, infertility, and all sorts of other diseases. Now, these are scientific studies that, that were done at the very, very beginning, even, and, and, and done over again, too. And even the most recent ones have done have found that. That's why it causes obesity, cancer, liver failure, infertility, and all sorts of other diseases, it says. It says things are about to get a lot worse within next week unless we stand up and say, no, well, good luck. Good luck. I'm sorry to say it, but I mean, America's run by corporations, multinationals, monopolies. That's how America's run. The world is run that way now, by the way. It's this whole damn world. As we specifically, a law has been snuck into the Agricultural Appropriations Bill, which would be approved by March 27th, which would destroy the separation of powers by stripping courts of the power to challenge genetically modified foods. It says, how was it done? It says, the Monsanto Rider Section 735 uses farmer-friendly happy talk as an iron-fisted ploy to allow GMO crops to be planted, even if a court has ruled that planting them is illegal. If the United States Department of Agriculture, which suffered regularly captured by the big food companies decades ago, approves a genetically modified food without any testing, a court can enjoin, that is, halt production of that food until testing occurs. Yet the Monsanto rider would strip the courts of power and would allow GMO crops to be planted and put in our foods, no matter what the judge has ruled. Never mind the judge, what about you, folks? You guys are eating it. We're always waiting for someone else to do something. Hmm? So I'll put this one up tonight too, and he goes through a lot of the the, the bill. It's a long uh, article here. It's not bad. It's not that long, but uh, it goes through the GMO, more more history on it, and so on, and what's happening, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So again, it's given Monsanto special powers that overrides the Congress and anybody else. I mean, this is wonderful, isn't it? Now, also Berlin. This, again, I've just mentioned that Germany at the start Germany of the broadcast, Germany's cutting back on all this climate stuff and renewable energies and all this kind of stuff. Like incredible money pit it is. And it's great money pit because you don't need to produce anything. Uh, give me a few billion dollars and, and I'll try to see if this works. 
And that's all you have to do. You don't, you don't have to promise anything. We've seen that happen with company after company. In fact, they make a business of just starting up company after company, raking in the cash, collapsing it, and, and getting more to start something else up. Everything is a racket, folks. And they know that at the top. They're all in on the racket. But Berlin uh, uh, says it sets, it sets a hundred years uh, record for snow, for March snow. It just, it just broke its record, it says... Uh, so it says, um, today, uh, Focus Magazine's reports that Berlin set a new record for the amount of snow on the ground in the month of March. This is a 16-centimeter blanket of snow covers the capital city on the first day of spring. It's the highest amount of snow that's been measured here in March in a 100 years, said the meteorologist Dominic Young of the weather portal, weather.net. This is in January, it's getting so that children will soon no longer know what bare ground in the winter time is. This is... Um, I said, I recall getting a bit agitated a year or so ago because Young once repeated the usual global warming rubbish we always hear in the media. But now that Germany has recorded its fifth colder, coldest winter than normal in a row and Berlin and Hamburg find themselves digging out from a record snow, Young apparently has looked at the science. This is a big scientist up there, Mr. Young, and data for himself and now seems to conclude that CO2 theory is indeed overhyped after all. Says hopefully he'll pick up a copy of uh, Son to get complete overview of the science if he hasn't already. Says Young's skepticism has now been reported in major media outlets all over Germany. For example, Germany's number one daily by circulation numbers build, quoted Young's Witternet.net website in both print yesterday. This top scientist was all about global warming up until he's recently he's changed his mind. Winters clearly have gotten colder, said the meteorologist Dominic Young of the weather portal weather.net. Moreover, in the year 2000, the climate experts prophesied that winters with ice and snow in Germany would no longer exist. It'd be a thing of the past, you see. It says this is, that this claim is false as shown by current facts and in many regions with just a glance out the windows. So, you see, reality is always getting... doesn't matter what reality is. The big boys at the top say that we give you your reality. We can remake it any time we want. Remember George Orwell's 1984? You've got to read the book or see one of the movies that they made on it, where he's getting tortured. Winston's getting tor- tortured, the character in it, by the guy who represents the big establishment, the real establishment. And the, and the whole idea was to make him, make Winston believe whatever the boss said. If the boss says, if I can fly, you'll believe I can fly, and you'll really believe it. And if I say, if I put up five, uh, two fingers or three fingers and see how many fingers are there, and, and you give me the wrong answer, I say, if I don't say five, then, then I'll shock you, I'll give you electrical shocks. In other words, reality is whatever the boss tells you is, and you better really not just say it to please him. You come to believe what he tells you. And that's already happened with most folk. They believe what they're told. And, and they really are. They've become the willing fools that Albert Pike and others talked about. It's happened, folks. You've got to understand the power of persuasion, of neuroscience and behaviorism, and the massive psychology they have, and studies have done on people, is, is pretty well perfect. They understand exactly what to input into your mind and how you'll come to be guided to the conclusions they want you to have. And give up all your freedoms, all your rights, and you'll get on your knees and say, please save us from whatever doom it is today. Now, here's a great piece of propaganda. Fantastic piece here. It says, a terrorism plot size of the 7-7 attacks are foiled every year. Right? And it says, 
uh, police are following a terrorism plot as big as the 7th of July attacks in Britain every year, a senior official has said. Deputy Assistant Commissioner Stuart Osborne added that the threats against the UK were constantly changing. No kidding. Mr Smith, the senior national co-founder for counterterrorism, said Islamic extremists were planning in smaller groups in a bid to avoid detection. It came as the Home Office revealed the number of terror arrests had risen by 60% in a year uh, to September 2012. And it says... Um, it says the coordinated attack was linked to Al-Qaeda. You know the guys that the U.S. and Britain's funding to go into Syria and take them down? <laughs> I mean, really, folks, see? Eh? There's reality for you. Mr. Osborne said, on average, we probably had about one potential attack planned with an intent to create something similar to July 7th every year. And it says, although it may, it may have that effect, the aim of Stuart Osborne's message was not to alarm people. Now, scattered throughout this article, too, and every two or three lines is, is pictures and statements to do with the, the, the one bombing that they had that still stinks, by the way. Uh, to make sure that you get the message, there's your association with his statements. And there's nothing to back up his statements, you see. But this is, this is how they, they, they um, justify the kind of cash they're spending and the fact that you're all under really incredible watch by Big Brother. This is how they justify it. So it says, it wasn't to alarm people this message. Oh no, he was simply painting a picture of the complex and rapidly changing terrorist landscape containing small groups and so on, lone wolf terrorists and international networks. What's so different now is that the police have more resources and expertise than they did before 7-7. Almost 4,000 counter-terrorism officers and staff in hubs across the UK plus MI5, with whom relations are said to be better than ever. But the arrangements may not last long. Police are having to make deep budget cuts, and a long-awaited review of counter-terrorism policing is set to begin once the National Crime Agency is established in October. Understand now all crime has gone under terrorism. I hope you understand that. <laughs> the UK threat as we stand today remains up substantial, which means that the terrorist attack remains a strong possibility, etc., etc. Mr. Orton said the hatching of plans in small groups followed the falling of large-scale terrorism plots. Again, no evidence of anything. Then they go back uh, and give you, uh, oh, these excluded a scheme to blow up passenger jets with bombs disguised as soft drinks, you know, your lemonade, in 2006, and more recently a Birmingham-based plot to set off up to eight rucksack bombs. No kidding. Some who have been trained actually are becoming quite self-motivated. They're beginning to plan in small groups which are hard to detect. Well, how can you say all this if they're hard to detect? It seems to be no problem detecting them if he's talking about it all, right? There's no doubt that the big sophisticated 9-11 or 7-7, so you're back to the one thing that you've all got visions of in your head or stuck in its imprint in your brain, are much harder to organize. They did need a lot of overseas direction, and some of the Al-Qaeda leadership have said that that's good if you can do it, but if not, any, any attack whatsoever, you can do whatever size is useful. This is what they're claiming Al-Qaeda. You know, this, this, bogey, this, this, is, the, this is the Goldstein, the Goldstein of 1984. Again, you have to see the movie and read the book because they always give you the arch enemy. You never find them. You seek him here, you seek him there. You seek that pimpernel everywhere. And in other words, it's completely elusive. Always, you see. But it's always there. You can't give up. You can't stop the totalitarian system. It's all part of the totalitarian system. I mean, if you stop doing it all, the totalitarian system just, just falls apart. When it falls apart, people start getting self-confidence back and they start questioning things. Like, you can't do that. This to us. And stuff like that. And they don't want that anymore. They want you trained and fearful 
and go along with anything. Remember what they said a long many years ago? Even the Greenies, the head of the Green Party said it. If we can get Britain and other countries into the stage of war, like wartime London, where they, they all gave up their rights, they obeyed all the officers and the air raid wardens and to do anything they were told, and they, they put up with hardships and uh, poor food supplies, rationing, all that. If we can get that same scenario, then we're on, we're on our way to sustainability. It all ties together, folks. So anyway, he goes on and on and on and repeats the same rubbish over and over and over again. Over and over and over again. It's all, remember too, in, in 1984, you, you constantly listen to the Department of Statistics. They keep giving you statistics on things, but they can't back up them. They just give you statistics. That's just good enough. That's good enough for most folk, you know. Back into sustainability again, it's all at the same time. It says, world cities are to expand by more than twice the size of Texas by 2030. Scary scenario, right? And it says, um, cities worldwide are on track to expand by nearly 580,000 square miles, more than twice the size of Texas in less than 20 years. According to, once again, experts, a major international science conference. Now, who's all there? Yale University professor Karen Seto said the North American suburb had gone global and car-dependent urban developments are more and more the norm. The world's population is expected to grow from the current 7 billion to about 9 billion by 2050. And they met at the Planet Under Pressure 2012 conference in London. See, again, private organization, a big foundation again, all linked with the usual foundations. And there are all society and the eugenicists and all the rest of it, you see, sustainable progress and so on, they call it, Agenda 21, is to cram you all into the existing cities. Getting you used to it. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Back after this. Hi folks, we're back. Cutting through the matrix. And as I mentioned before though, the big cities are to be already overcrowded with more and more people coming in all the time. They want this actually. They want under Agenda 21, everybody, all non-essential people off the, uh, the rural areas altogether for the big corporate farms. And the United Nations has stated too by 2030 or so that uh, there will only be a tiny minority of people living in rural areas who are incredibly wealthy. It's even taxed and forced off of it by the government agencies. Who can fine you forever for having a faulty downpipe or something from your gutter? Things like that. There's a method to the madness, and of course it's mad, getting fined ten grand because you've got a faulty gutter. The real reason is to get you off, obviously. Now, internet tax supporters are hoping that a vote in the US Senate as early as today. Who are, who are these tax supporters for internet shopping? Well, it's a big international corporate. Well, Walmart's, Macy's, Best Buy, and so on, on the big Big chains. I want to put all the the, the 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 internet shoppers into you know off off out the way, get rid of the competition. And it says, um, Senator Mike Ensry and Dick Durbin are expected to offer an amendment to a Democratic budget resolution this week that, by allowing states to collect taxes on remote sales, is intended to usher in the first national internet sales tax. And it's due out today. I don't know. I haven't heard the results yet. 
says we're working overtime and pushing this to uh, talk to your members, uh, activating our grassroots, which of course is an international corporation, says Stephen Schatz, spokesman for the National Retail Federation. The group's board members include Office Max, Macy's, the Container Store and Saks, which argue it's only fair to force Americans to pay sales taxes when buying from online retailers. So they want you to buy it from their overpriced stuff they have in their stores. The justification for the proposal's uh, reprises arguments that state tax collectors have made for at least a decade. Online retailers that don't always collect taxes are unreasonably depriving state governments of revenue taxes again and enjoy an unfair competitive advantage over big box retailers that do collect taxes. On the other hand, there are close to 10,000 jurisdictions that can levy taxes, each with its own rules and ability to conduct audits and so on. But the fact is, you understand, the government and the central banking, when they brought in the banking and the national uh, taxes and so on, uh, in all countries, by the way, uh, even your income tax was a temporary tax. In Britain, it was a temporary war tax. I think in the US, it was a victory tax. Things like that. And they've got all employers working as tax collectors now. They just deduct it off your wages. And the same with all the stores, it's, it's all included there. So everybody's working for the government. And the person who told me that was a person in the federal government themselves. <laughs> everybody's working for the government. Think it's that different from communism, really? Anyway, says taxpayer advocates say an endorsement of a multi-billion dollar tax hike on Americans shouldn't be snuck into an unrelated budget bill. And I'll put the PDF up for the whole thing if you want to see it all. That's expected to be voted on before senators leave for Easter recess. Well, this would be a beauty they won this PDF, actually, because uh, they're going to really snuck it to you in a whole bunch of ways, I'm sure, uh, because that's why they're leaving for Easter recess. They'll go through then, then they're gone, you see. The National Taxpayers Union set up a petition to Congress this week calling for the amendment really this is really just a way to unleash state tax collectors on the internet. And 15 conservative groups sent a letter last week to members of Congress saying internet tax law is bad news for conservative principles and the cause of limited government. Well, <laughs> limited government went out an awful long time ago. So I'll put this up too as we all go down the tubes in so many different ways, but it's done the proper way by the big boys at the top. And that's not your, your the guys who you see on TV and, and your government. That's not the big boys. From Hamish Mosier from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God or your God's go with you. <laughs>